Welcome to the newest episode of the Am I Ballard podcast. It's been a while because I went off and had a baby and took some time off work. Yep, happens fast. But we're back, and we're back to bringing you business and basketballs. Hope you love it. Yeah. So let's talk, let's talk about NBA. I know Portland's on your mind. <laughs> Man. Um, I know that off mic we had talked about um, who's getting that eighth seed in the West. We might be talking about all the way down to the end because it seems like it's going to be a race. Yep. Um, I even though even though I don't necessarily want them to, I, I want to see I want to see New Orleans get it if I had a choice or Memphis. But I, I still I'm still picking the Spurs for the eighth seed. Oh. I know that people think I'm crazy, but the Spurs are the Spurs. I just have a hard time believing that they won't be there. So. You know, uh, Spurs are uh, five full games back. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's going to take some play. They're going to have to really kill it to get there. Uh, and, and I could be statistically wrong shortly. Like that, that could be off the table. But it's hard. I, I can't. I can't bet against the Spurs. It's twenty-two years of going to the playoffs. I just can't bet against the Spurs. And they have played better in the last, you know, fifteen games than they did. All the games before that, you know, they've been in the ball game most nights. Uh, Demar's looked amazing. He's played really good over the last month and a half, and uh, and Lamarcus Aldridge shooting threes and, and spacing the floor. It's like they're starting they to kind of figure Murray's. out who they are. Murray's playing good. They really could go on a streak. And honestly, that that last spot, San Antonio, always it really has a just takes in March. Yeah, it really just takes a run. It really just takes one good run, and you can secure that eighth seed. Man, I I thought Portland was making the run before All Star break, and then they dropped a couple. Which uh, you know, whatever that that oh, we just have to mention on this podcast, it uh, it uh, really kind of killed my whole vibe on this. If we didn't mention the streak that Damian Lillard had, yeah. you know. Going 10, 12, 15 games, just insane numbers and crazy efficiency, in my opinion. Uh, I I think this streak is better than, here we go, any James Harden streak that James Harden has had over 10 games. Um, which, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy because of the shooting numbers. Dame's had like, you know, 42%. He was basically putting up a, a 50-50-85 split yeah. or 50-50-90 split. If Dan put up those same numbers in, in like, uh, New York or Chicago, yeah, yeah, like, everybody, nobody would stop talking about it. Yeah. He would be he would be Tracy McGrady popular, you know, like, yeah. in that sense that people still talk about T-Max big streaks. And and, uh, and I, I think that Dan's a top five player in the league right now. In, in this season and his performance – he definitely, he definitely deserves to be in the top five or ten of MVP voting, probably top five. Uh, but it, you know, it, it's also like if your team doesn't win, I, you I know, agree. It's, it's it's hard. I agree. It is know? it is hard, but you know, just it and it kind of depends on how you rank most valuable players. Is it the most impressive player? Or is it the best player on the best team? Is it the guy who means the most to his team? Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's the guy that means the most to the team, it could be anybody, so we can't go with that. You know, I mean, anybody could be the glue to a team. Yeah, but I, that's why uh, AC... I, I feel you. I, I, think that Dame, I think Dame really put on a stretch, and I really enjoy watching those yeah. games. I don't, I don't think uh, stretches like that, you know, are, are over for the season. I don't think he's going to 
put up quite those numbers, obviously, because that's uh, it was a historic run that he was on. Oh, he was just on fire that month. Yeah. Um, he saw the ball go in one time, yeah. and he was like, "It's never going to knock." He was away. pulling up from he anywhere, just, like, shooting everywhere, uh, but not like just jacking up shots. Like, I mean, he's like a Zach Ayapa. He, I, I think I just saw. I was watching the the Grizzlies game last night, which is it's kind of hard to watch because I really want the Grizzlies to do well, but I know that the Grizzlies are in the way of the AC that I want so bad for the Blazers. Um, and and they mentioned I think he's he's like forty percent from thirty feet on, like that's that's wild. Like that's a good shot for him. Yeah, I mean he was he was like insane unstoppable in those those games uh you know i i think that i think that obviously losing to the stupid loss to the jazz um which he was that pretty mad about and, and the goaltending that should yeah. have been called uh, it's tough because it's like well i mean get a stop earlier in the game and you're not and, in that spot and, yeah and like you I still you still that think way. that way like in every game yeah. that comes down to a last shot it's not the last shot that decides it it just kind of is um, and it's tough, but the Jazz are a good team, and, and it was a good game all the way through, and it was kind of a dumb ending. But then you lose then, to Memphis, and yeah. Memphis is holding this A spot. You can't lose they to needed Memphis. It, like, yeah. You have to beat Memphis. Uh, and Memphis is on a back-to-back. Yeah. And, and Dame getting hurt and leaving Portland the game. Portland travels more than any other team, and they're back-to-backs. You mean especially. traveling violations? or <laughs> They're back-to-backs and and uh, – Especially like back to backs on the roads are just they're tough for any team, but I think especially for the team that travels far and above more than any anybody else. And in my opinion, up to that Jazz game, I don't think uh, Dame was being officiated on the. I, I'm not going to complain about Dame not picking up fouls or or he should be getting to the free throw line more or whatever. That's not the type of basketball that I want to watch all the time, but. I've seen a lot of plays, you know, no calls where he gets hit in the head first or, you know, his body gets hit midair. And I just think on an equivalent level, like other guys, James Harden, that gets fouled, fouls called for him. It's tough, though, much less you just got to a whole month where Harden didn't get very many foul calls. That's, it's true, but, like, I just... Uh, Harden also flops every call. Yeah, I just I mean, think, like, just every Dame, call. Dame's a tough guy, Dame's... Dame's kind of a, a dog, and he's one of the like real dogs in the league. In my I, opinion, I don't, I don't like, I don't like looking at no calls because you look at no calls, then you know, let's talk about all the points LeBron James would have had in his career That's because fair. he's been fouled pretty much every time he's gone to the hoop for ages. Yeah. And any big man, you know, you're looking at, at AD. Uh, obviously, I watch a lot of Lakers games, so uh, Dwight Howard, like Dwight Howard's kind of a baby, and uh, he always throws a fit wanting the call. And I think that Dwight Howard gets called for fouls that other people don't get called for because the refs don't like Dwight Howard. And I think, man, he deserves more calls, you know. Um, but it, it, I think it probably happens with all of them. I'm sure Embiid deserves more calls. Well, I mean, if he ever goes to the post. Uh, so it's like, you know, there's those situations I feel like happening with the big guys. Giannis probably get more calls. You know, it's just uh, it's just a tough it's a tough situation. It, it the calls tough. also kind of mess up the game. Yeah, you know. And and I get it. it it's just like. In, I don't care if Dame's not getting called for all the fouls, but you just you can't act like you're gonna you're not playing different for some guys in the league and yeah. some guys you are like 
don't call a lot of fouls and call a lot of fouls, but like make it consistent at least. So do you still do you still have uh, Portland in the AC though? Are you going yeah, with your I heart, have Portland, or are you going with your brain? <clears throat> Portland put up a, a really good run um, the last month and a half. They you know they got back in the fight. They got close to five hundred um, a couple of times before just backing off. That loss to the Grizzlies definitely. Um, it is a bigger setback than most losses just because... It's two losses in a row, and if, if they don't have Dame, like how long Dame going to be out? Because a groin injury can sometimes it, be... It can. It's a lingering thing. A long-lasting thing. Yep. injury. Yep. But, uh, you know, I, I also think... He's still rapping at the All-Star game, though. That's good. That's what uh, I'm really, really ready for. I think uh, they just need some better support. Nurk should be healthy by, by the time, like, you know, the last couple weeks of the... The season, we'll see if that. So you're not going to make a realistic pick. You're just going to stick with your heart, though. No, I. I it's fine. I can respect. I realistically that. think. I respect you sticking with your heart. You're fan. Like I, I and, respect that. And in situations where Dane drops a little and he's not able to carry the team, CJ steps up. You mean like situations like where he's injured? And yeah. He can't play. At so all. so CJ. I believe in him. I think he's a, a valuable guy. I mean, it definitely it definitely comes down to CJ and, and Carmelo. And Anthony Sim, uh, Simmons. Simmons why, why are you always hating on Carmelo? Carmelo's play so good. Oh, my goodness. Carmelo. I'm not hating on Carmelo. I want. You've got, you got, you got one of the all-time greatest scores on that team. Yeah, he's Just great. chilling. He's great. He's a he's a fifteen and six guy. And he put up he put up good points against uh, against the Grizzlies the other night. Yeah. I think uh I think that, you know, that's admirable of you. I'm I'm glad that you're sticking with <laughs> your team. That's fine, you know. Uh I think that so I, I still I believe the Spurs will make it there because I, I won't count them out because it's just I feel like it's a mistake to count them out. But I, I don't think that Memphis will hold the spot. So I do think it'll go to one of these other teams. I think New Orleans has a really good chance of getting it. Uh, Zion dropped 31 the other night and just looks so good. And they're just starting to click as a team yeah. with him. And, and been, this well, is even with Ingram not even really. Games in, like. Yeah, and Ingram's not even really doing a lot. And like it's almost like they're just like figuring it out. And then you think, man, when Ingram starts, you know, really attacking and Zion's attacking and, and, and they're all playing as many minutes as they need to to be a playoff team. You think Zion realistically uh, closes the gap on the rookie race? No. Yeah, I don't think so no. either. Just just be, the fact that the Grizzlies... I think it would be wrong, but he's going to get some votes. Yeah, the Grizzlies are a legit playoff contender. And New Orleans is on the fringe. They they can make a run, but they'd have to have more things if, fall in their if favor. If New Orleans does take that A seed, it's going to get close. I, I agree. It's going to get close. Um, so, yeah. I, obviously, that's just all up in the air. Uh, great quote I saw today. Uh, let's do it today. I don't know if you heard this, but uh, Kendrick Perkins. Uh, did you hear his uh, his quote on Kyrie Irving? He, uh, I, I heard a little. I think it was about how he hated uh, Boston and, and never wanted to play there. Yeah. He, that's, so he's that's like, about as much He's as like rambling. Uh, he's kind of rambling. He's on the air. Uh, for the Houston uh, Boston game, and he's like, "Man, listen to these fans." He's like, "Man, Celtics fans everywhere." And he's talking about just how great it is to be a Celtic, and and they're in Houston, and there are Celtics fans cheering for the Celtics there in Houston. He's like, "Man, they're they're everywhere. Like Boston's so big." And then there's a long pause, and no one says anything. So, you know, we're talking. This is the live. This is the game cast. You know, and then he says, "Uh, and Kyrie Irving didn't want to play for this team." <laughs> And he's like, every time I think of him, I just throw up. 
And then there's another long gap, and I was like, dude, Kendrick Perkins is everything I want. Like, now I just, yeah. like, all I want is, like, Shaq, Charles, and Kendrick Perkins to just yeah, call like every game. Like, sure. like, just the nonsense would be out of this world. Yeah, I like that. And this sure. is right after he just quit having smoke with Durant. Like, they're fighting on Twitter. He he buries his beef with Durant, and then he goes right back after Kyrie. He's like, it's like he's out to get yeah. the Nets. Yeah. Also, the Nets suck without Kyrie, and they suck with Kyrie, so maybe all theories are off. But Yeah, I'm... And, and you know that's that's my thing with like Kyrie is is I want I actually like Kyrie a lot as a player and a person. Um, the last year and a half has been rough in in a lot of. That's how I know he's not going to do well. Has been convoluted because of all the titles along or around him. Um, I did listen to to Kevin Durant on uh, all the smoke, and uh, you know I, I thought that was a a really good. Um, way that he defended Kyrie and, and stood up for Kyrie and it made me think on myself like man have I been a little harsh on Kyrie too you know I don't I don't really know and everybody most guys do like playing with him and um, you don't really hear a lot of like the bad things coming from his teammates a little bit more so now with like his former teammates but um, you know I mean I, I think I'm okay with they've won they've won seven of their last ten yeah. without him they definitely still have a winning record without Kyrie and a losing record with Kyrie. If if you've seen the Celtics numbers with Kyrie and without Kyrie for the last two years, it's a losing record with Kyrie and like a winning record without Kyrie. It, it's hard. It's hard to think that you you're being hard on him because he's dominating the ball and he's not giving you good possessions. You know, like in, in the same in the same concept. Like, all right, we're just talking about Damian Lillard. You know, Damian Lillard's put up a crazy month. You know, from January first to Mm-hmm. You know, mid-February, he's balled out, right? Mm-hmm. And we talked about Harden, and Harden actually had the worst January of his career. I mean, just terrible. 20, like 23% from three, uh, you know, just some really bad games. Yeah. Um, and and it, he was just in a funk, maybe it hurt, you know, um, really put up bad numbers. And then you, you, you go to the other popular topic of this podcast, which is Russell Westbrook, you know, and Damien's your guy, Westbrook's my guy. We talk about this a lot. Westbrook also put up an amazing January, yeah. February. And the big knock on, on Russ is, oh, he shoots too many threes and he's a bad three-point shooter. You can't win if he's shooting threes. And then it's, well, he shoots too many shots. And then uh, you look at top five in, in field goal percentage in the league, and there's only one guard who has an effective field goal percentage over, you know, over 54%, mm-hmm. and that's Russell Westbrook because he's shooting at the rim. You know, he's, he's yeah. the only guard shooting at the rim. Yeah. Everybody else is a center that has a yeah. high field and, goal and percentage. And that's, that's the problem with the modern NBA, though, is uh, less people are watching games and more people are just catching the stat lines. Sure. And but, so you don't get the eye test of a guy like Russell Westbrook and how – Oh yeah, yeah. Is. I think I think watching stat lines, they miss it. But then I, I'm I'm saying that looking at stat lines for for Dame, you know, it, they're awesome stat lines. And you look at Russ over the last you know 45 days, and his stat lines are awesome. His field goal percentage is huge. Mm-hmm. He's hardly shooting threes, and the Rockets are winning games, right? And Westbrook Westbrook obviously understood he needed to make an adjustment. So he's gone from taking five threes a game to taking maybe one. You know, one three in a, in a game. Some games he's taken zero threes. And the other night when I was uh, when the Rockets played uh, Boston, he was eighteen for thirty three. It's like how can you complain the guy took thirty three shots when he made eighteen of them? Yeah. You know, like and he had thirty six or thirty eight points. Harden had forty points. 
and they they crushed them. You know, they they mm-hmm. they were just really good because suddenly Westbrook's playing in the paint. Everyone else is outside. Yep. And he's passing to him. Yep. And, and he's the and, best driving pass guy. Yep. And you look at that situation and you think, okay, so Russ makes the adjustment and Houston makes some changes in the lineup with the big small ball look and, and no center. And suddenly Houston starts winning games. And they've won a bunch of games from, from January 10th to like February, you know, uh, to the break. They've, they've won a lot of games and moved up in the standings. And you look at that and then you look at Kyrie Irving and you think Kyrie Irving – there is some things wrong with the way he plays. You know, he doesn't move the ball enough. There's too much isolation. Late in the game, he takes shots no matter what, and you're going to live and die. Either he's going to win the game for you or he's going to lose the game for you. Mm-hmm. And then you go to that idea that one person can can win a game or one person can lose a game for everybody, but not one person can win a game. You need a team to win. You need mm-hmm. a team to get a championship. And then you take Kyrie off the nets and you have, you know, Spencer and Karras and all these guys who do move the ball. Who don't think, hey, I've got to ISO and and win this thing. You got a bunch of guys who are looking for the right the right look. It, it it just makes you wonder if Kyrie would change the way he plays, how much better that team would be if he would be then getting a better percentage shot, higher percentage yeah. looks, and and keeping the defense more honest. You think maybe he just doesn't, you know, like not to say that he doesn't trust the guys that he plays with, but maybe he's just. Well, it seems like he doesn't, he doesn't trust a few trust, of them. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't trust like not anybody that's not on the level of a superstar. Like Kyrie, that's like the worst. Kyrie's an an all star. He's not. He's not a superstar in the league. Relative yeah. to other super, he's had superstar moments. He's had superstar stretches, but consistently, I wouldn't put him as a superstar. If I would put two or three or four other point guards above him, yeah. Well, let's uh. Before we go further down uh, this whole, you know, uh, why don't you talk about another thing that's been been on your heart lately? Um, now I don't know. I don't know if you're. I, I've I've heard that there's some some big fanboys out there, uh, and I don't like the present climate on fanboys. Like uh, people saying, uh, people saying things like, uh, "Oh, I don't know." Like uh, we've got all these politics going on. You know, they they got these Bernie Bros, right? Well. Uh, if you're Bernie, bro, that's not cool, even if Bernie's cool, you know. And I don't know if you're to this point with, with this guy where you're like a bro, but tell me about Tesla and Elon Musk, what it is that, that really has you going. That, that's, yeah. I know you've been texting me late at night, yep. you're just laying on your that's, pillow, that's just thinking true. about Tesla. So I want to hear about it. Um, I just want to say, uh, for the record, I've been trying to talk about Tesla on this podcast for about uh, how long we've been doing this podcast. Yeah, Nikola yeah. Tesla. Um, so I, I don't want to say that I'm the, the cause of the recent rise of the Tesla stock, but um, <laughs> well, def- you've been trying to talk about it, and you, your intention has caused the stock to go up. <laughs> definitely uh, have been a, a long component, and and really, we saw just kind of the shift of the Cybertruck, where people. This is my opinion, and I, I thought about this a little bit with the Cybertruck release. People had a look seriously at Tesla and think, is this company still a gimmick or is this company legit? And we decided, we decided that Luka Doncic was the Cybertruck of the NBA, right? Yeah. That's yeah. good. But continue. And, uh, I'm still feeling that. And, and with the Cybertruck release, you know, people thought, half, half the camp in America thought, oh, this is dumb, this is gimmicky, what, like, 
this is what we thought cars would look like now, 100 years ago, you know, type of thing. Um, other half of the country thought it was dope. They thought that all the technology was cool, like it was a legit car, whatever. And I think everybody and investors had to decide, is Tesla a gimmicky company or are they not a gimmicky company? And for years, you know, since Tesla's inception nearly two decades ago, um, which is kind of crazy to think about how they're the second largest auto manufacturer by capita now in the world overtaking Volkswagen and they are like 18 years old. Like, that's insane. But um, I think investors thought um, this could be gimmicky, but every time that we've thought that this company's gimmicky, like they've proved us wrong and they've gotten it together. Their cash flow is good. Their production is outstanding now. Um, I read an article, they overtook um, the Toyota Camry as like the most popular selling car in California in fourth quarter. Last year, the Model 3 did. Um, so to see the rise of this company and like just the the legitimacy of the products that they're putting out, they're um, at reasonably affordable. Like if you're willing to spend the, the money of a new car, um, they're, they're decently affordable. When are you going to buy one? Um, uh, to be determined when the t uh, when the Cybertruck two comes out, I think I'll be ready then. Um, but like the, this company is legit, and they've they've been growing, and so many people flooded their cash into the company within the last uh, month and a half. A lot of major analysts and, and news articles and things like that have had uh, very aggressive um, price points for them and. Uh, are definitely not lacking in the conservative field of where they think Tesla's valuation is. And uh, that just kind of caused the, the company to skyrocket, um, you know, threefold. It, it was around $300 a couple months ago. And now it's about nine or it went up to about 900, dropped a little bit, but um, it's kind of crazy. And then they just announced, you know, they're, they're selling out some, uh, some shares, you know, about $2 billion worth of, raise up more cash. They're building a new factory in Germany to help build up some of the production over in Europe and in Asia. And, um, you know, they're, they're taking a little bit of hit by the coronavirus and, and that's hitting um, a lot of tech industries right now because of where that breakout's happening in China specifically and, and shutting down some of those streams of production. But the fact that they're rising everywhere, people like them, they're popular. You see them all the time. Um, even here in the Midwest, like, it's it's great to see, and I've I've been uh, up on Tesla, and I'm, you know, waiting for the day. I'm still a, you know, I'm still a Tesla fan. I want to I want to make that clear before I say things <laughs> I'm gonna say about uh, about Tesla. I'm still a Tesla fan. Um, but if I probably wouldn't tell anybody to uh to buy their uh, their stock. Because as much as I'm a Tesla fan, I'm still not going to tell people to buy their stock. Um, From a traditional like stock point of view, you you wouldn't. Yeah, like like I can't. Now I think I think here's my thing. Like I liked I like Tesla, and I wish that I bought it. I'm not going to say, oh man, I wish I bought. I'm glad I didn't buy that Tesla stock. No, I wish I bought a lot of it because it's like <laughs> gone up on the hype. But yeah. like Tesla to me is that perfect example of like when we get hyped about something that isn't as good as as the hype 
in, in, and I'm really only talking in the financials. I, I think that I would love to have a Tesla. I love Tesla as a company. I'm not an Elon Musk bro, but like if you come talking trash about Elon Musk, I'm gonna be like, bro, stop. <laughs> you know, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna have his back at least yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think it, I think it comes down to me to like just the key financials. Like I, I really hate Wall Street hype. And like I, I kind of go back and and so like Wall Street Wall Street is like for if you're a kid listening to this think about how like hype beast makes things seem like they're worth a lot more than yeah. they're maybe worth like they hype it up that's what they do and yeah, we old, follow that old white and, men hype beast Wall Street yeah and so yeah old 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 white men hype beast Wall Street. And, you know, two years ago, they were like, Tesla's trash. Or a year ago, they were like, Tesla's trash. And the stock went way down. And I always think, yeah, that's a plan. Like, a bunch of old white men were like, hey, let's tank that stock way down. And then let's ride the wave right back up and make a ton of money. I, I feel like there's, like, a strategic group of influencers, as there is in every industry, that work Wall Street. And Tesla is a piece of that magic. And here's here's how I see that. So Tesla is worth 144 billion dollars market cap today, which is crazy uh, because a month ago it was big news that they were 80 billion. Uh, 88 billion is the highest Ford Motor Company has ever been worth in market cap. So now we're just going to say right now that Tesla's worth 60 billion more than Ford's ever been worth. Yeah. And I can't see that. Like Henry Ford is actually a great you know American businessman, and Ford is. A traditionally great car company that has made a lot of money and manufactures and sells way more cars than people can imagine and are good at manufacturing cars so for them to be worth that much more than Ford at its peak and now let's talk about their earnings uh, their last quarter they they did 7.3 billion in sales so their gross sales is like way below what they're worth which is that's that's something wrong with that. Uh, that's being extremely top heavy. Uh, their their price to to book ratio is is a twenty, which is basically saying like all their stuff, like what is all their stuff worth? Everything that Tesla owns in the world, uh, they they're that hundred forty four billion is twenty times their assets. So that's a really large number. Usually like two and a half or three is a good number there um, to be worth. Uh, like times your assets, their price to sales is six, mm-hmm. five point nine. That's like a huge number. Uh, so like those are those are pretty bad, and th- their PE is negative because really they're negative earnings for yeah. the year. So their PE would be like a negative one hundred and fifty. So they're they're way below what they should earn. And then when you compare this to, if you're sticking with me on this podcast, <laughs> if you compare this to GM, which I think is probably the most stable and best car company uh, right now. They're only worth fifty billion uh, market cap. Their uh, price to earning is eight times. So let's say if they're worth fifty billion, it means that uh, they they earned five billion uh, last quarter. So they're worth eight times their earnings. Uh, their price to sales is 0.37. So they're not even six times. They're not even double their their, their price to sales. And their price to book is one point one eight. So at fifty billion, they pretty much have about fifty billion in assets which means their stock is reasonably valued. Like that's like, it should be that. And then they pay you a giant dividend. Uh, now we go to my, my favorite stock to talk about uh, when I think about hyping Wall Street, which is Amazon. <laughs> Amazon's worth $2,000 a share now, $2,100 a share. 
it was worth like 400 not that long ago. Um, Amazon can never make the amount of money that they are worth. They can never sell enough things. Like if Walmart closed, Amazon still wouldn't have enough market share to make money to justify their valuation on the stock market. So they're really not ever going to be worth $2,100 a share. But they are because Wall Street says they are, not because they are. And their their price to earnings is basically 93, so they're, they're, they're worth 100 times more than they've earned. So they're worth a trillion in market cap. So <laughs> yeah, 100 times more than they're earned. Their price to sales is 3.82, so still two below Tesla. Their price to book is 17.25, so about three below Tesla. So it's like in, in Tesla's price range right now, Amazon actually looks like like a nice moderate number and Amazon's numbers are inflated beyond everything. So Tesla is now just reaching like a peak inflation. Yeah. And if, and I haven't looked at the statistics of this, um, I'm not, this is where I don't think you should use the eye test. This isn't a Russell Westbrook. (laughs) Uh, This is in that situation. What I, I honestly, if you looked at trades, I wonder how many people are putting, uh, buying puts on Tesla for, you know, 2021, 2022, 2023, buying major puts and looking for them to drop and make a ridiculous amount of money. And I know they were already, they were already a stock that a lot of people were hedging bets either way on. Uh, but I would be surprised if we couldn't see just a huge amount of options trading on them dropping because they're so high. And I, honestly, Netflix did this before Disney Plus came out. Netflix really made this huge push that just blew everybody's minds. And at the top of that push, if you went ahead and bought you some some puts for for this year, you made a lot of money, you know. So I would say bet against Tesla for the short term, at least like in the two or three year outlook, and bet for them in the 15 year outlook because the world needs them to do well. Yeah, and I think that, you know, Tesla is the only major player in – electric vehicles right now there are more luxury car manufacturers I mean until Apple makes an electric car I mean everybody knows that yeah (laughs) there are more um, luxury car manufacturers Porsche uh, namely uh, coming after the electric vehicle market but that's luxury you know that's not the common person Uh, common electric cars just aren't very popular you know the the things that GM and Ford have been putting out and they're they're more uh, still heavy on the hybrid in comparison to the electric vehicle. So Tesla has, a, you know, the, a corner on the market. Um, and I think that's leading to part of their, their high valuation. And we've seen this a lot with tech companies um, over the last 20 years where they grow so quickly. And it's, it's kind of just like a void, like we're going to put this price on you and you have to fill up, you know, fill into it. Yeah. It's like when, when you're growing up and your mom buys you like a, a t-shirt or like some, some new pants and you're going to grow into them. You know, they don't fit. Oh, man, yeah, I was always a big boy, so it's the opposite <laughs> problem. You're going to have to grow into those the other way. You're going to have to lose them, lose into them. Hey, I, I feel you. I feel you what you're saying about Tesla. I, I think what I want to know if it's true is has Elon Musk really uh, cloned himself? Is he actually a clone using some of some of Nikolai Tesla and Edison's DNA? Because I've heard that that he was growing in a lab. And uh, if he is cloning himself, how many factory workers has he cloned 
to run his factory so that he can save on labor. Because I know there's a there's been a lot of talk about how he doesn't care if he went to college. And I think that what he really was saying was, I don't care if you're just clones of other people. Yeah. Is he going to make a clone army that, to rival Star Wars? That could all be true. Uh, Maybe these are all conspiracies, but hey, conspiracies I think that's actually true. what the Teslas are, are the clone army. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I see that. Yeah, you know, I don't... My, my feelings about uh, Elon Musk are, as a business person and as a uh, person, are, you know, different. And oh, does his family, like, uh, basically steal an emerald mine in South Africa? That's how it's, like, family's rich. No, I think that's Ocean's 14. <laughs> um, no, it's like they... I'm pretty sure that's that was Danny Ocean. <laughs> I, I did want to see uh, Elon Musk and Howard Schultz for president together, um, no. but they would have done a, a really bad job. <laughs> <laughs> it's a White House Reserve, all electric White House Reserve. Yeah, they they would have made the White House look pretty dope. <laughs> they really they, we would have had surveillance cameras on every street corner. Yeah, for sure. Maybe but we'd brought, have, like, a ton of technology. Yeah, Howard Schultz could have brought, like, some of the best baristas to his cabinet. Shout out, Carissa, probably the only barista at <laughs> Starbucks. Dang. Uh, she could have been in the cabinet. So, I don't know. So, did that did that scratch your itch, though? I mean, did that scratch your Tesla itch? Yeah, a little bit. I know I there's nobody else. I Tesla itch. <laughs> do you need a doctor to take a look at that you've got a tesla itch i see that's really bothering you uh yeah if you put some cream on there some a and d or something you'll be fine uh i i know that this podcast is really just a selfish ambition on both of our parts in some way because uh you know there's no way to talk to about stocks because they're all just out living mediocrity like business lives and there's just nowhere to go you know, so you're at work and you want to talk about Tesla and they're just like, oh, what are you doing for lunch? What are you doing for lunch? Man, that's you know, I just got this phone day. call and this lady was so mad. And you're like, no, what about Tesla, guys? Are you guys seeing this? So, I don't have anybody to talk about it with. Yeah, here we are using the, the, the listeners of this um, fine show. Uh, so back to basketball, uh, you know, uh, Zach's supposed to be coming in soon, Zach Ayapa, and... Uh, he said, "Curry." Yeah, he did. He sent us. He sent us a little uh, meme uh, to kind of prime what he was going to talk about. So I don't want to spoil it, but uh, it was a picture of Ben Simmons with a shooting sleeve, and it said, "If you feel useless, remember Ben Simmons wears a shooting sleeve." And I think that that's a really funny sentiment. I'm glad that Zach uh, really <laughs> wants to bring those hot takes, but I, I kind of want us to go ahead and talk about Ben Simmons. Uh, you know, I've not been. I've not been a Ben believer. Um, no. I, I, I hadn't been, but when uh, when B went down and I'm, Simmons I'm played ben like believer. like a beast, yeah. I started to become a Ben believer. Yeah, and you know, uh, I think that in my NBA conspiracy theories, my NBA conspiracy theories, LeBron James is tampering with Ben Simmons. You know, he's he's been very vocal about how Ben's his guy. He votes him in the all-star team every year. Got him again this year. First pick of the reserves. Or second, yeah, first pick of the reserves. Um, one of the only guys he picked from the East. You know, I think that in Magic was supposed to be helping Ben and, and, and Elton Brand and they let him. I think the Lakers have their eyes on Ben whenever his contract's up. So, I, 
NBA conspiracy theory that's probably true. If you want to replace yeah, I mean, the, the best point guard in the league in LeBron James with with a new LeBron James, you get Ben Simmons. Everybody in the league is wanting Ben Simmons. Oh no, they're still thinking about Giannis. They're still thinking about when KD is going to be doing um, again or Kawhi's going to be doing again. They're they're looking at these other guys, and Simmons isn't a top ten. You know, to so be fair, like it's Ben Simmons and uh, and LeBron on a team for a year or two, and then LeBron retires and Ben and AD like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking like menace. old LeBron. I'm thinking LeBron's yeah, thirty eight, thirty nine. He's coming off the bench or he's playing. No, he's LeBron's playing never going to play off the bench. Yeah, you're right. He still is a star. You but see what still Tristan Thompson said about his diet. He's still going to be like a twenty-minute, twenty-five-minute a game when he's 38, 39. He's, he's twenty-five minutes. minutes in game now. He's thirty-two. <laughs> Here's the thing: I think they definitely have their eyes on Ben Simmons long term, and if they yeah. kept this core, if like if AD and Ben Simmons were your starters, that would be a great team. Um, I think, think that AD stays after LeBron. I yeah, I do. I think I think AD stays. Uh, at least for another four or five I think, years. I think AD wants to give it a go with Steph and Clay. I uh, think everybody everybody wants. You really to think go that that's Steph your NBA Clay. conspiracy theory? Um, I think no that way. that every um, every wing and big player wants to play with Steph and Clay. AD wants to follow the idea of LeBron's ideas. Well, I think that like LeBron went to Miami. That's AD going to LA. But I think that what AD wants to do is he wants to bring it back home to Chicago eventually. And he's talked about Chicago a lot. Yeah. He likes Chicago a lot. And he could save the Bulls. <laughs> Zach Levine thinks he's saving the Bulls. Yeah, he, he wishes. He came he out came on that in the All-Star game. Zach, I don't know. And, man, I was uh, – I don't even want to talk yeah, about yeah, the Bulls yeah. so, on this podcast. But let's talk about the 76ers. I want to talk about the 76ers. Um, when Embiid was hurt, 76ers looked really good. And as a team, I mean, they have the worst road record or second worst road record in the league, one of the best home records. They have all the pieces. They, they have a freaking all-star team. I mean, they have Tobias Harris, Al Horford, yeah. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Those guys are all-stars. And they, they can't seem to put it together. They're six in the East. And everyone's saying, oh, when this year's out, if they don't get to the finals or at least to the Eastern Conference finals, then someone's got to go. And to me, the person that makes sense if you're going to get rid of somebody is Joel Embiid. Because Ben Simmons, without Embiid, played like a boss. Because yeah. in the floor space, and suddenly Simmons is playing at the rim, he's driving, he's dishing, and he is great at doing that. I, I think I the two guys, at. like, it's easier to build a team around Ben Simmons. Um, you know, as, as great as Joel Embiid is, like, he great player. Um, there are other great young centers in the league, namely Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, like that. Who can't win? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, you like, look at Carl Anthony Towns, how good he is, and Minnesota can't win. But there's him. no other huge point guards like Ben Simmons. No, like there's LeBron. The best you got is Luka Doncic. Like yeah, I mean, I mean, basically, like true basically, Giannis and LeBron are playing point guard the yeah. way that Simmons would play point guard. Yeah, you're talking six ten going to the going to the hole strong, finishes well at the rim and can dish to anybody. If you yeah. surrounded Ben Simmons, and he's smart he's with the same guys guy. the Bucks have surrounded Giannis with, mm-hmm. are the Sixers a, a first or second place team? Absolutely, I think that's the thing that I don't think the Simmons is as dominant as Giannis, but he could become that dominant. Okay. He's young, so it's like if if you were building a team to win and you could only pick one, I think everybody would pick Simmons. 
And then you have this idea too that like now the Sixers are this perfect situation where you have talent, but talent doesn't actually equate to winning. Like it reminds me of the the O five Lakers where you had Carl Malone and you had <laughs> Gary Payton and you had Shaq and Kobe and you just had this like super team. I think yeah. you had Lamar. I mean, like this team is amazing and it didn't it didn't come out to winning. You know, like that wasn't what it took to win. Those guys couldn't play together in a way that was winning basketball. And obviously, there was a lot of other things to play with. Yeah, know? I mean, it's like the Clippers. But the Sixers with, uh, have really become this. You know, it's like the Clippers five years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that situation where where just because you have talent doesn't mean the ingredients are right. It's literally like if you said, Luke, I need you to make, uh, you know, chocolate cake. And I had some chocolate and I had some flour, but then you also gave me a bunch of chicken. And I was like, well, wait, chicken's good. And I, chicken's Mick one of the greatest things in the chicken world. chicken curry at the same time? Yeah. I mean, you can't make chicken curry and chocolate cake out of the same ingredients. You got to pick which thing you're trying to make. I don't know if I just blew your mind at home or in your car right now, but if I did, go ahead and write in and tell me about it. I actually really want to know. Comment below. Comment below. Please send me all your love. Um yeah, it's just like one of those things. So now with the idea that Embiid is like, in my mind, Embiid's out the door already. Like, I, I, I don't see them making Eastern Conference like, Finals. They know it's coming. It's just, coming, just right? Just do it while he has trade value. Like, the longer so, you wait, the... There's the question, though. Who the heck is... Who needs Embiid bad enough? Because you got to get something good out of him. And what are you going to get out of him? Like, what are you looking for to put around Simmons? You're looking for shooting... You're looking for a lot of shooting. Well, the thing is, I don't, I don't see the the reason we didn't see a lot of major trades happen at the deadline this year. Like you know, a decent amount of trades, but nothing like blockbuster. We didn't see Kevin Love go, or or we didn't see Chris Paul chip out, or or anything like that um, to a major contender. Um, we just saw contenders get deeper, and um, I don't see. For the next year or so, like contenders making that major shift because it's such an open like playing field. Six, seven teams, eight teams can legitimately compete for a championship right now. So none of those types of teams will likely try to go after a Joel Embiid. No, but you don't think a, a team that sees Embiid as a as a prominent building block, you know, the Knicks, the Bulls, the Pistons, yeah. I mean, you know, just they, they ship a bunch of draft picks, you know, maybe one or two young I mean, Embiid would look guys. good in Chicago. I'm not, I'm not against it. I, I think that would be good. I think Embiid would be a fun, like, big market guy what if, in New York City. Like, to me, the, the scenarios I really liked was what if there was another Twin Towers team? Like, like we almost had that when AD and Boogie played together yeah. that season yeah. in, in New Orleans. That was fun. It was like two bigs. Yeah. And it was like, it was weird because the NBA didn't seem to get plays that way. But in the same sense, like right now, uh, the Lakers are playing that way. Like how much are they running, you know, Howard and McGee on the floor with AD? You know, it's happening mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, you know, you wonder if there's a team where Embiid and another big could, like, really play together and just but be who? a huge problem. Who? But, yeah, like, who's that big? Like, what, you, Boogie it, Cousins? It almost has to be like... Boogie Cousins <laughs> going somewhere and Embiid going the same place. Uh, Orlando be a good fit like like Vuk can uh, shoot the three. I don't, I don't trust. Is there long term Orlando? And I, well, I don't think that Vuk. Uh, I don't think that Vuk feels like they don't seem like a selfish team. So B could come in and be yeah. the star there without any problem. They have some good shooting to trade. Yeah, they could trade Jonathan Marco. Isaac and and you know they could, they could trade some guys to Philadelphia yeah. that Philadelphia wants. 
uh, he would be back with Markel is a great passer and, and could find him down there. Um, you know, so like that team would be good. Uh, New Orleans. With, in Minnesota. New Orleans, Zion and Embiid on the floor together. That'd like, be sick. Yeah. That would be a pretty sick team. And with Lonzo running point, like that team would be really dope. So there's places where I'm like, go to Man. New York, be a Nick. He, he, yeah, he seems I mean, like he, he's the type of guy that you can he you can sell tickets. He's going to yeah. be a fun guy. He's he's like oh, a yeah. big apple type. He of would guy. be the like, king of New York. You know, he's great. He, he's even a great even player. if Kevin Durant was the better player, uh, and B would still be the, the king of the New Knicks York. Just would by like have something cool. Yeah, like, but I mean, they don't have anything to trade. Nobody in that team can make a three. Uh, so what? They're going to trade Reggie Bullock? Like, if you're Philadelphia, you're not taking back Reggie Bullock. <laughs> You know, like, and you don't want Randall because he's like the same kind of problem. Randall's good at doing what Randall does, but let's keep him from shooting threes, is, playing I'm, at the I rim. I kind of think that no like defense, uh, you know? Joel Embiid would like get fired from the Knicks because he would just troll like James Dolan all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, you feel like there could be some problems. Obviously, the team that would love to have him is Boston, but if you're Philadelphia, you wouldn't give him to Boston ever. Uh, you'd rather die. I don't know, but I know that I'm gonna be thinking about this. For at least the rest of the year until summer comes, and then I'm going to see where Embiid goes because I feel like the year 2020 is not a big free agency summer, but it's going to be a trade summer. This is going to be a trade summer. People I, are I trading a be lot a, of guys a, this summer. A couple buyouts. Yeah, there's going to be buyouts, but I like you got to think that Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, they're out. Mm-hmm. You got to think that Drew Holiday is probably going to get traded. How, how do the Cavs still? Like, you know have how, how the Cavs go and trade for like, Drummond. How, like what? What kind of move? Are you that? rebuilding the team, or are you just like trying to be the cast? D, D minus all around. D minus in your drafts. D minus in your coach. The, D the, minus in your trades. The cast think we got three t- number one picks for you. Like we can do it again. I think they were looking over at Chicago now. Like, Man, Chicago almost sucks more than us. <laughs> We've got to do something to suck more than Chicago. I mean, I don't know if the worst team in Chicago, which team it is. It could be the Cubs. It could be the Bulls. It could be the Bears. All I know is that they're all bad. They all they all could just move to a different city. <laughs> we trade them off for other teams. I had a guy today say uh, that he thinks it'd be cool if the best team in the XFL got to play yeah. the worst team in the NFL in a playoff to then become an NFL team uh, every year. And so that that other team then has to become an XFL team. It would be pretty fun if we did that with uh, some of these basketball yeah. teams. You, you should do that. That's what uh, that's what you do in like European soccer and things like that. You know, you play into to move up leagues. It, it's worth fighting for. Thanks for listening to this episode of the MI Baller podcast. MI Baller is brought to you by Baristi Boys and produced by Miko Club. I know we talked a lot about Joel Embiid. And, you know, he's just really on our minds right now. Maybe he's going to be the king of New York someday. Maybe he's not. Maybe you have a conspiracy theory that you'd like to share with us. If you do, hit us up in the comments. Find us on Instagram. Let us know what you think. At Am I Baller. Thanks again. Baller out. Watching this uh, this show one time for like I, I was like sick or something, and there was a uh, I must have been like in middle school and it was like one of those like like twenty four like one of those detective like shows where they they investigate murders 
And I swear, like, eight episodes in a row were in Cleveland. I thought, I don't want to live in Cleveland. 